Uh, hey Vince, do you have any trades on you by chance? Yeah, yeah, I got loads. What, what are you after? I really want to trade for Modern Jund. Modern Jund. I've got Modern Infect. No, that's not going to do it. That's not comparable. You got anything else? Yeah, well, what if I throw in Pioneer Bant Spirits and Modern Infect for Jund? Uh, are you interested in, in a, a three-rated Aloro EDH deck? Well, yes, but I'd have to offer you a little bit more for that. Okay. So, well, hang on. I've got Standard Bant Ramp and Pioneer Inverter of Truth. I've got uh, Leovold Tiny Leaders. That's not a real format. Okay, what about um, Competitive EDH Sliver Overlord? That's not a real format. Uh, Legacy Sneak and Show. That's not a real format. Pauper Elves. Oh, Pauper Elves. But deal, trade, trade, trade. Okay, cool. Any interest in modern Blitz and modern humans? I've got your Boggleless Boggles. Boggleless Boggles. Boggleless Boggles? Boggleless Boggles. Boggleless Boggles. Never mind, I don't want that, but what if I were to offer you Legacy Death and Taxes? I already have that. Well, then how about a Pokemon TCG deck, Blastoise Toolkit? It's great. Uh, sure. I think I'm a bit up short, though. How about two already opened Keyforge decks? Yeah, that sounds really good deal. Okay. Any interest in this old Nintendo Double Dragon cartridge? Yes, but the only thing I've got is we, we didn't play test this at all. Oh, I don't need any more standard decks. But you might be interested in this. Modern Merfolk? No. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Dies to Removal. I'm your host, Vince, also as Peasant Kenobi on the internet. And I'm joined by my co-host today, Brian of the Tolarian Community College. How are you today, Brian? Uh, I'm well, but it's you that I'm concerned about. I heard the news. Brexit? Well... <laughs> I yeah. thought you were going for a Brexit. That, that, is, uh, that is impressive. Less that, than a minute that, in. That you have been banned. You have been banned. From my local establishment. Yeah. I, from, I, you're, you're too I powerful got very for drunk standard. And then my, oh, sorry. What were we talking about? I thought we were talking about, okay, not my local establishment, not my local pub. No? Yes. Too powerful for standard. Too powerful for standard. That's, I just don't, don't enjoy standard, Brian. There's a difference. Right. Neither do I. Okay. That, that was an awkward segue into the discussion of bannings because it's everyone's favorite topic, right? How, like... <laughs> And I say that sarcastically because I talk about bannings a lot on my channel and I even say, like, here we go again. Here's another conversation about bans, whether they're needed, whether they're coming, whether they're happening. So we live in an environment now where bans, is, bans are omnipresent. I want to talk less about specific bans sure. here today. I don't want to get into, okay, well, let's talk about why Oko was banned in Legacy or why this was banned in Standard. But I want to talk more about a changing climate of bands at Wizards of the Coast where it might be that the company that makes Magic the Gathering is becoming lenient towards the idea of pushing out cards and just banning them later. We had quite a year in 2019. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This was the second worst year in terms of bannings, correct? Yes, as far as I understand it. Do we want to read a list of them? All right, what got what was banned in 2019? Okay, I'm not going to ask you many questions because it'll take too okay. long, but can you remember what the first thing that was banned was? Oh, I, in chronological order? Yeah. Oh. So ja January, what do you reckon? Oh, January. Uh, Hogak? Play, play along at home. Uh, no, Hogak? Think, was it Hogak? I think Hogak was much later. Yeah, it was much later. It was Croc Clan Ironworks banned right. in January. That, and, and Mott for modern. For modern, that's right. Oh, that's the game we can play. What format? Okay, next up, February. Next to Fate, where was that banned? 
standard. Best of one best arena of standard. One, best of one arena standard. <laughs> okay, next up, Gush, Gitaxian Probe and Daze. Gee, I have, is there a format that used those? Popper. Oh, Popper, okay. Popper. That, that, that yes, is that the was, one. That was, we called that Blue Monday. Blue, yes, I, I like I like that when we've got like Krogan yes. and that sort of stuff. And Blue still, and you know, for Popper, Blue still is a deck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, we're not going to get into too much of that. No, some no, of these no, bands no. are very justifiable, but we're going to get into too much into that. Yes. Uh, June, again, we had some bands in Pauper. I've just given it away there. We had uh, like pre-bannings of High Tide, Him, and Sinkhole as the lists were unified. Right. Again, some of the reasons there's so many bannings this year is because of changes to formats, which I guess we'll touch upon in a moment. We had the Popper unification, and when that happened, a whole bunch of cards that were not Popper legal became Popper legal overnight, and they preemptively banned High Tide and yeah. such. Yeah. Okay, July, Bridge from Below. Where was that banned? Modern? Modern, yeah. Correct. You're doing pretty well. Right, where, yeah. where was it banned? Where was in, it banned? Well, <laughs> I was just thinking, like, like, was that, was, did Dredge get out of control in Legacy? No. No, 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 no. Uh, August, we had our first unbanning of the year. Unbanning? Oh, uh, uh, wait, are we doing Commander? Is this part no, of that? No, this is not no. Commander. But An unbanning. Um, uh, what was unbanned? Oh, no. It was uh, uh, Stoneforge Mystic. No, Rampaging Ferocidon. The hell is uh, a rampaging for It's us, a three it? mana you can't gain life in standard that does damage to you whenever you play people play creatures too. It's a, it's a dinosaur. Why was it was banned? It was banned because red was too good. Don't forget they banned a lot of stuff. People were saying like it should have oh, been dear. hazard. Yeah, exactly. That's in standard. I don't, Modern I don't. bannings. Here we go. Right. So Hogak. Hogak. Faithless looting alongside it. And then we had one unbanning there. What was that? Stoneforge. There we go. That was that was all in August. Man responsible. Yeah, yeah. I take full responsibility, full credit for this. Then in the same day, we had some vintage bans and restrictions. We had Khan, the Great Creator, Mental Misstep, Golgari, Grave Troll, and Mystic Forge uh, re restricted. So to clarify, in vintage things don't get banned; they get restricted. So you're going to play one of each of those cards in your deck. And Fast Bomb was unrestricted. Hmm. October. Okay. Field of the Dead. Where was it banned? Standard. Correct. And uh, so too was Nexus? No. Nope, not, not, not. Did, did they be later? They the, yeah, it comes up on this list more. Okay. We are nowhere near finished yet. <laughs> uh, Arkham's Astrolabe, where was that banned? Popper. Yep. And also they want it banned in, I think they, they've been pushing for it banned in Modern. There's been they? discussions of both Modern and Legacy, the things it does. It, it, it does too much, but again... We don't want to go huh, too much a into one, a one cost artifact that has nothing but upside. And I all mean, you have it, it counters, it fixes your mana, yeah. it makes Blood Moon bad. And even if you don't like Blood Moon, at least Blood Moon punishes people. No longer does it punish people when you go Astrolabe. There's a lot of upside to it. Right. And Thanks, Arkham. Yeah. Uh, Pioneer was introduced, which meant that they immediately, preemptively banned Bloodstained Mire, Flooded Strand, Polluted Delta, Winsup Teeth, and Wooded Foothills. All the fetch lands that were printed into a standard set since RTR's initial release. So again, like I said earlier, this list gets buffed in terms of numbers by the unification of Pauper right. and the invention of Pioneer and then the weekly bannings in Pioneer. Oh so, week one of Pioneer, we had Fadar Guardian, Leyland of Abundance and Oath of Nyssa banned. Week two, we had Veil of Summer banned. And then, okay, Oko, Thief of Crowns. Where was it first banned? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say standard, but I know that's not that's right. That's not correct. Because that's where it should have first been banned. So I'm going to say Oka was first banned in Pioneer. Nope, Brawl. <laughs> yeah. So I, oh I believe, I haven't looked at the exact information here, but there's a lot of like links on the MTG wiki. I forgot Brawl was a format while we were talking. So, so I think what <laughs> I happened guess was- guess it's not Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not Wednesday, so Brawl doesn't actually exist right now. Right. I think Oko was taken as a banned card in Brawl a week or two before the full announcement. And then on the full announcement, we had standard bands of Oko, once upon a time in Veil of Summer. 
Oh my um, God. We also had Renin 6, Band and Legacy, which was just before Bologna. So like Great. Legacy became a real format again because Renin 6 was making DNT very, very bad. And then Vintage, we had Narset, Parto, Avails restricted. Who would have thought that War of the Sparks static abilities on Planeswalkers would all get restricted in Legacy, in Vintage, eh? Who was saying that a year ago? Oh, it was me. Yes. Um, and then December, Brian. Uh, week one of Pioneer Bands, Field of the Dead, Once Upon a Time, and Smuggler's Copter. Week two, nothing. Week three, Oko and Nexus of Fate. Oh my God. And Oko and Mox Opal and Mystic, um, and Mox of Lattice survived into 2020 and they were the first bannings in January. This is how I, I feel like I aged just listening to that. Yep. I feel like 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 I've gone even more gray. Like I, I did that, I showed that picture of me in January of 2019 and then me in December of 2019 <laughs> and, and I've just gone gray. I look like I escaped from Azkaban. The, the other funny thing is that I've, that's, I was getting flashbacks. So I've, I've read that list off in a video on my channel because bannings are so regular and so common that it's impossible as a content creator to ignore them for the most part. Right. So I'm sat there going deja vu, and again, feeling like it's aging me. So that's my second to go through that in the last couple of months. And this was the second worst year. So there still was a year where things were even uh, without worse. Without double checking, it was like combo winter. Combo winter. Which is a time when they thought magic was going to like literally die because of necropotences and things like that. So right. it was a real bad times. So one thing that has come up in conversation, and this was in no small part due to the fact that when a card is banned on Arena, there is a refund of a wild card uh, mm -hmm, for that mm -hmm. card so that theoretically you don't lose out. I, I would argue that you're still losing out, but, but uh, uh, theoretically- How so? I, I don't understand that. Well, because what they've started doing is they've started restricting cards on Arena without flat out banning them, and so you don't get the wild card. Restricted in what though? In what? They they say it's it's like temporarily suspended sort of thing. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. In the yeah. standard showdown events, right, and all that right. Sort of stuff. And so it's like, well, I can't use it. Do I get the wild card? No, no, because it is legal, just not in this event where there's prizes or anyone's playing. Right. Okay, Which I think I think that's very cheap of okay, them. Okay, that is interesting. Uh, uh, but in addition to that, we have this idea that has been presented that perhaps Wizards of the Coast thinks that. We're going to swing for the fences more in card design. We're going to push more wild, outrageous talk about cards out mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. in colors green and other. And uh, we are going to then just be okay with banning. And the first question I have for you, Vince, is do you think that it's possible that they did have that meeting where they said, you know what? Let's let's take a, a, a healthier approach to bans where we are more comfortable with frequent bannings. I don't... So you're, you're asking me if that happened before they, for example, went, let's push Oko. Like, isn't it just a... I, think, I think they might have... So the example is, is perhaps with Oko or with yeah. any number of cards. Because a lot of people looked at that. And I don't want to get into, again, specific yeah, 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 stuff. Yeah. But I, how can you look at Oko and, 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 and not immediately see the problem. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that the attitude was, well, then we'll just ban it. Hogak, we'll just ban it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and as a fact for that as well, like I believed, I always assumed that Magic players assess cards badly and then claim retroactively they knew, like Rebel Master. Sure. Oh, I bought all of those. No, you didn't. You're a liar. But again, the video about this, I went back and looked through the Reddit comments to see if people missed it. People didn't miss it. Immediately, day one, first, first hour, hugely upvoted comments people going, this is a bad idea. Right. So if they, if, if we saw it, I'm assuming Wizards did as well. I just don't know if that meeting happened before the current right. climate. I think it's happened. I think there's been a discussion. You do think, so you do yeah. think there's yeah, been yeah, a discussion yeah. where they said, is it really so bad if yeah. bans are more frequent? We've seen changes to the ban schedule to make the updates more frequent sure. as though they can fine tune and adjust more. I think we're in a situation though where previously there used to be a, a, a philosophy. Again, I haven't seen Wizards talk about this much recently, but like when Lingering Souls was known to be good in the future, future league, they had Thunder More Hellkite coming around the corner to 
give a another deck a strategy to beat it, okay? Right. I don't know if that happens anymore because I just think they're pushing up powerful cards and they're not planning to nerf them later down the line. I guess arguably Oko was going to beat the gods by turning them into elk and stuff. So maybe Oko was the the the, vale- the, the, the right. release valve and it just was so good. It just hosed everything else. So maybe that design philosophy is still there. But I think... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't see it happening. I don't see cards going, oh, that obviously hoses X, Y, or Z because I don't know if that's a thing they do anymore. Right. So maybe they are, that way. instead of doing that, they're going, well, we can just ban it later down the line. And when you look at things like Underworld Breach and Thassa's Oracle, things that are now currently dominating uh, Pioneer and Modern and Legacy, people knew those things were going to happen immediately. They're strictly better Labmans. They're arguably strictly better Yorgamoth Will. Like, right. At some point you're like, yeah, I think they knew those cards were going to be pushed. Right. But how do you sell product if you don't sell push cards? Well, uh, that comes down to discussions of power creep, but what do you make of the idea of ban creep? Uh, uh, this idea, so so you believe, and I, I believe, I believe that the conversation happened as well. Yeah. We don't know, uh, uh, but let's say that it did. Let's say that they have changed their mind and they've said even just a little like, okay, we're going to be more frequent with bannings to allow us more space. That opens up more space. We're going to push it, push it out there, see what it does. Whereas before they might be overly conservative what do you think of that? What do you think of the idea of being more lenient towards having more bans? I'm not opposed to it, but I play Magic constantly and I'm, I am I get to play Magic constantly. I think there's a real world cost to everyone who goes to the local game stores and yeah. have their cards banned up from under them. But I think in the interest of keeping formats healthy, being able to push cards into older formats, I think there's a, a positive element to that because then we get powerful cards. I'm always moaning that cards, there's periods of time where I moan there's not powerful enough cards. Right. And then I moan when the cards are too powerful. I've got right. to at some point put my hands up and go, I guess this is the world we live in if cards need to be powerful. The other thing, and this is a question I've got for you as well, is do we not live in a world where there's so much feedback constantly from creators like ourselves making these videos, arena leagues, moto leagues, all these stats are thrown in our faces. But even if this isn't warping a metagame in your local game store, it might even seem that way when it's not. So the constant chatter then needs a adjustment of perception. And the best way to do it, to shut up the masses, I guess, is go, okay, Field of Dead is banned. Hmm. Is that is that part of the climate? Not only are the cards pushed themselves, but the conversation is so loud and ongoing that they've got to moderate that conversation somehow. I think it's very possible, but I also think that would be a mistake on their part. Even as someone who arguably has contributed uh, uh, over mm-hmm. the years to being a voice of the chorus for certain things, I feel that Wizards needs to have a very critical uh, uh, lockdown on just what they let in what they let affect them and what they let push or guide their decision making and that you cannot just let let's say reddit determine whether or not something gets banned and and that if they were to be influenced by wow look at all these angry reddit threads about field of the damned let's ban field of the damned on that criteria i think that's a huge mistake perhaps they do need to look at read and consider but don't let that overly influence you. Sure, you have sure. to use your decision-making and critical thinking capabilities uh, and the great benefit of having all these bright minds in R&D. I think that if they are going to start being more liberal with allowing cards through under the premise that we'll just ban them and that's not so bad, I think it's a huge problem personally. I'm, I'm against it very strongly. I think it leads to very, very bad climates. And I think one of the biggest problems, like like many Magic Gathering players do believe 2019 was one of the worst years of Magic. Yeah. And uh, I tend to agree. 
I think it was a very, look, I don't know about the worst, but I, I would say it was a very bad year. It was a very, very bad year. And there was a lot of bad things that happened. But I think that ultimately when your standard format is up in flames, constant bannings, when the new format that you introduce as a solution to the broken modern format is then needing constant bannings and adjustments and, and, and they haven't tested it to an extent where they can start it out with a ban list like modern did and they don't need to update it for three months and that all these cards, an uncommon from War of the Spark needs to be banned and restricted or restricted and vintage. Sure. Uh, 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 oodles of cards being banned from Modern Horizons and Modern and Popper, everything. I think that you've got a climate where you have customer fear and unease. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Where you have a consumer confidence at an all-time low, where you have enjoyment and satisfaction. I mean, this is a collectible card game. You are going into the store. You are drafting. You are trading. You are spending money to buy singles and put these decks together. And then to have that taken away from you either directly through, can you imagine how many people went out and bought Oko's before it got banned? And that is a non-zero amount. Yeah. Can you imagine how many people might have built decks in response to the Oko I deck. think that's one of the biggest costs is the idea that people are, yeah, buying either the cards themselves or the cards to beat those cards. Right. And then the ban's happening and those cards are either worthless or no longer play and then become worthless, yeah. right? But I think maybe, um, again, we're saying some of these things as hypotheticals. I don't know that Wizards of the Coast are saying let's ban to uh, moderate conversation. But at the same time, there's also an overcorrection. So if that is happening, if part of it is like, you know what, the community is mad at this card, it needs to go... When you start to ban things as much as they've been doing, it starts, so perception is reality, right? Mm -hmm. And it starts to create a perception that there is a problem with magic design. Even if the problem isn't as big as perhaps we perceive it to be, right. it, it appears worse when they're like, they're going, okay, ban this, ban this, ban this. And then we get this negative uh, feeling that 2019 was the worst year in magic's history. I guess the band support that and the general zeitgeist, I guess, feels right. that way because ban, that's the word bans. When you hear bans, you're like, oh, okay, that's not healthy. That's not healthy. We, we've, I've seen this community compare ourselves to other car games over the last 10 years and go, oh, they, they have so many bans because of the power creep. Right. And then 2019 happened. I'm like, wow, are we just those card games now? Sure. Ugh. And I think that uh, public perception is really important, but also just the fact that having your deck taken away from you in any of those formats is just the worst feels mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that there is. And there's also the threat of having your deck taken away. So even if your deck doesn't get banned, if bans are more frequent, then you have less security in your deck. Sure. And an example I want to give is, is so I, I really liked Pioneer Brewing. I'm, I'm warming on it a bit now, and I, I do think we might go back to modern, but that is another podcast. Uh, and I did a lot of Pioneer deck techs, and in the comments, overwhelmingly, and obviously this is anecdotal, but overwhelmingly in the comments, people are saying, yeah, well, looks fine, but next Monday there's going to be a ban and maybe it'll hit this and, deck. And again, anecdotally, literally this happened to me where right. I would, I, I have a video go out on Channel Fireball each week, one of my sponsors, and what would happen is I would submit that video and it'd go out like four days later on their channel because someone has to edit and put it up. And already a banning has happened on the Monday and therefore I submitted on the Friday and already one of the cards is banned out of it. So the content is no longer even relevant. Right. And it just, but, but that said... A counterpoint, and maybe Devil's Advocate, I guess, but I do believe this, is that Pioneer having the weekly bands was the best way to implement that format, as long as, and they did, they did say, like, look, there's going to be weekly bands, bear this in mind, because Pioneer, the Wild West of Pioneer, those first few weeks, was a lot on Modo. No one was playing it in paper yet. Right. And we didn't know where the format was going to settle, and I, I, that was exciting and different and interesting. If they come out with a, a, a ban list of all the stuff that's currently banned, let's say, 
There probably would have been a few other cards on it that people would have thought questionable and then would have all over again free Stoneforge Mystic, free Jace the Mindscope, that equivalent right. for Pioneer. So I think actually doing it this way, this organic way, is better for refining the format, but it's not necessarily better for the person who wants to buy in and play the format. Perhaps. Uh, I think that they let the weekly bannings go on too long where it became a detriment to the Pioneer format, to people wanting to invest in and explore the Pioneer format. And now even with the weekly bans over, and this is where we get into public perception, again, uh, not everyone is fully aware that the weekly bans are over. And mm-hmm. I, again, I, I I did a lot of Pioneer content and people are still posting, yeah, but it's weekly bans. And I'm like, no, it's not, that's over. I think that's a, that's a general overall problem with Magic, one that I've been chatting about for a couple of weeks now, is that I don't think there's too many products necessarily, or that's a whole different discussion, I guess. It's, it's the podcast. it's the amount of noise and difficulty to understand what's going on. Right. And Pioneer added to that because we had weekly ban announcements, then no ban announcements. People didn't know they weren't happening. It's just a lot of information thrown at us. It's too much. And and if you were to map it out on a calendar, but what's the what's the so and again the probably the solution what's the alternative? They, I would say the alternative is what they've been doing for 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 decades in this game in all honesty which is that there is a uh, announcement of dates for bands mm-hmm. those dates are clear and consistent mm-hmm. and that is when it happens sure. none of this well this format's getting banned every week this format's getting banned here we're also going to be having this increase in, in ban announcements but it's only for this period but then we're going to change it so that the increase is being decreased and and now i used to be able to say to you this is when ban, ban and restricted update occurs and now I'm genuinely, I have to look it up and be like, well, wait, is, then is that for standard as well? And did they increase it to more frequent or is there another one going on? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it is confusing, I agree. But I also believe, I genuinely believe that having Pioneer grow in that way was way better than having a list that had Wild and the Cattle on it, which then, because I don't know if people remember, Wild and the Cattle was banned when Morgan right. first came around. Right. And when they finally unbanned it, everyone was just like, so? Well, because- maybe they needed more of an introductory period where instead of just saying, eh, for now, where they said, you know what? We're going to open this format up. Maybe they're going to even say, we're going to open it up on Magic Online or Arena first. And we're going to say, two months, Wild West. And then at this yeah, BNR I do believe we're gonna throw it in. in one of the early announcements, they didn't give a date, but they said like the weekly bands are not forever. This right. is just initially while we iron out. But it's out. too nebulous. It's too vague. They but say that is... about everything sure, now. Sure. When they discontinued masterpieces, they said they're not discontinued. We're just not having them in every set. There will maybe be sets, maybe, that have them. They literally said yeah, that when they discontinued I mean, master that's sets. A diff- that's a different part of the company. Got sure, but it's and... this idea yeah, of like sure, you never sure. know what's going on, and now but... they won't say it's gone. They'll say, well... We're just not going to do it this time, but maybe we will again. And and so it's for them to say, well, we're not doing the weekly bands forever. Well, how long are you doing it for? I don't know, a while. But it gave them a... So here's the thing as well. Will the, they the come other, back? What's that, weekly bands? Sure. Oh, I don't know. It's, they, I don't know. Okay. I, I, then that's what I think is a dart problem. Ball. You that, throw dart, I don't know. Dart ball. Yeah, yeah. But answer. I think that's a huge problem is you need... I think this ties in Okay, no, I'm, gonna say, I'm assuming, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. they won't. I mean, I would like that they don't. But again, that's kind of like me saying those I things. I could see happen. it coming back. But, okay, so R&D, yeah. Wizard of the Coast, make these cards. Do they have, we don't know the size of the teams and stuff, but do they have the resources that other that the collective internet has by comparison? No. Or collective player base, exactly. So perhaps some sort of playtesting, like with Pioneer, because Pioneer was basically early access playtesting, right? right? Here's a format, you guys play it, we'll keep an eye on the data. And that then has helped them to craft a format that now, you know, there's possibly problems there. 
should that be happening in every format? Like Pioneer, I think it was fine because it's a new thing. That's how you craft your next modern or your next legacy, right? right. But like that seems to be happening in every format. That's what sure. the bands suggest, right? Like they're letting us play test it. I, I have long believed that R&D just isn't big enough, uh, that there's just too much uh, to test for. I mean, are you going to be having modern testing, legacy testing, pioneer testing, yeah, exactly. commander testing now that commander's the big thing, all this commander product coming out, are they testing what that's going to do in the format? Then you've got standard, then you've got draft, then you've got the specialty sets. And, and there's a certain point where I could see that equaling the conclusion of, Let's ease up a little bit. We don't have enough people to ensure everything's going out perfect. So if something isn't perfect, we'll just ban it. And that that prevents us from having to hire 20 more geniuses to R&D, which is difficult to find and expensive yeah, to sure. keep up. But I'm assuming like 20 more people, even at the top of this field of expertise of testing card games, for example, right. which is a very nebulous idea anyway. But like whoever you get for that, would that again be enough to uh, solve a format before it goes out to the masses? Like, is there ever going to be really a realistic way that Wizards of the Coast could do that? Perhaps on a long enough timeline and the place right. we're getting to with the game expanding where you have 15 different formats. Like, you've got Highlander, Commander, Oathbreaker. You start adding all this stuff in, does it get to the point where, like, actually maybe bans is just the only realistic option, even if it's not great for consumer confidence and it's not great for players? Perhaps it's the only real way to manage it without hiring hundreds of people to test your game. I think that I want to tell you in uh, a story that that is obviously anecdotal from my life, but it really does mean something to me and it does influence how I view okay. banning. Uh, I was super early adopter of modern. Mm-hmm. I love modern. Uh, I, even now today, while well, it is having trouble and I still feel like modern is my format that I want to put my money on in terms of what I want to keep around. And at the height of modern, my local game store was having weekly modern events with 50 people, 50 people coming in for weekly modern. This is when there was a modern pro tour. This is when there were, you know, like, like much more frequent modern GPs and it was pre splinter twin ban. Here sure. we go. Splinter okay. twin, but I'm not memeing the golden here. days, the golden days. And yes, there were a lot of people playing splinter twin in those crowds of 40 to 50 that were showing up every week. Absolutely. When they banned splinter twin, it ended the modern events at my local game store uh, of that level. It went from 40 to 50 people to 12 the next week to we couldn't get eight. And and I even took a picture. You can go back in my timeline. I'll see if I can find it. I might not dig it up. But it came to a point where I went in for modern and no one, I was the only person who showed up. Uh, and and this is because there were several weeks of like just six people in and they couldn't fire the event mm-hmm. and things like that. And I don't think my point to this is that I don't think that everyone fully appreciates how game-ending it can be for so many people to have your deck banned out from under you. And I even spoke to uh, some, after the fact, by by a year or so, uh, I did have a conversation with someone from Wizards of the Coast where I said to them that story, and they said, well, that's silly. They could just have turned Splinter Twin Shell into Grixis, uh, into a Grixis deck, sure. into Grixis Delver. And I said, well, they didn't want to play Grixis. Mm-hmm. They 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 had spent this investment and time into putting Splinter Twin together. And that was the equipment that they wanted to work out with when they came into the store. And having that taken out from under you when it's a, a $1,200 up deck is devastating regardless of I can just switch it over to this other thing. I don't want to play this other thing. If If I were to somehow completely disable and destroy death and taxes. And I said to you, but many of those pieces can go into a uh, uh, easily into this, you know, white 
elf elf Eldrazi build, you'd be like, but that isn't what I like about Death and Taxes. Sure. And 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 same thing. We we have those decks that we like, and I view those bands as just being so detrimental sure. for the player base overall. You want to do everything in your power to ensure one of two things. Number one, you want to ensure that you do not have to ban, uh, that you're not putting cards out that are going to need to be banned. Okay. I've got, I've got a counterpoint for that, but go on with the right. second point. On the second and point. I am going to say, though, that if a card does need to be banned, you got to work fast on it. And I think one of the other problems in 2019, let's take a look at, and I, I don't want to like, like dwell on Oko, but the way in which that was so, well, we're going to ban it in this format, then we're going to ban it in this format, then we're going to ban it in this, and, and instead of just really looking and saying, this is one of the most broken cards we've done, it, we need to just ban it across the board sure. because the longer you let a problem linger, the more likely people are to have purchased that card, built that deck. It does more damage. And I believe even you and I talked about the pre-Hogak ban where it was so evident and so obvious that Hogak needed yeah. to be banned, but they didn't do it. And it's largely believed, again, this is conspiratorial stuff, but it's like Modern Horizons had just come out and they don't want to ban the card from it until it's been a while. I mean, Oko is literally on the packs. So right. it's, it's bad optics, real right. bad optics. Very bad everything, optics. Right? Yeah. And there you go. And I, I feel like that's a mistake. I feel like they should have, if you went quick on it, because now, because Oka was up to how much per oh, or, or not Oka. Uh, Oka, he had $100 at one yeah, point. Yeah, Oka was expensive. Hogak was expensive too. Ish. Not nowhere Ish. near Oka. Well, it depends on your thing. But yeah. And and it's like, if you're going to linger, people are going to buy that card. Sure, sure. I mean, the, the anecdote you give there, I mean, is very, I think this is unique. Again, not to linger too much on like Spectrum did nothing wrong, but it did do nothing wrong. Um, Splinter was different because it wasn't, people weren't playing the most broken deck known as the most broken deck. When you're playing Hogak, you knew a ban was coming. Right. When you're playing um, Summer Bloom, people are like, something's going to get banned. Like, right now, Amulet has probably got that feeling as well in Modern. There's a lot of decks where you know something is going to get banned. And I have friends who've had multiple decks banned underneath them because they always go, well, this is the best deck in the format. I'll jump to this one, then this one. When you chase that best deck, especially if that best deck is hyper broken, when we're talking like Eldrazi or Oko levels, up. Uh, uh, Eldrazi or um, Hogak levels are broken. You know it's not going to live forever. Twin was different to that because it was never the most broken thing. It had bad yeah. matchups. Jund beat it up really easily. So people were playing this deck whether like it's good, it's part of the meta game, like Tron is now, for example, and Tron's never going to get banned out, right? Right. And then they were like, oh, in the interest of competitive diversity, they banned it. It's unique compared to all these other examples because it just didn't feel fair then. And even looking back, it doesn't feel fair because you weren't, being told by your mate, you're, you're lucky. You got another couple of tournaments before that's banned. Sure. But Hogak, Eldrazi, all those things. You're like, you, you. That is getting banned. Get your wins in now. Make your cash. Make your prizes. Something I've been thinking about recently is that with with video games by comparison, because Magic itself is trying to be as much of a video game as possible. Arena itself is just emulating Hearthstone and other card games, right? Like like Rune Terrors recently came out. Legends of Return of the, the Riot card game, and they between beta and now nerfed and changed a load of cards. They've got banned. Because with 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 Hearthstone and with the Legends of Runeterra and stuff, you could just modify the card there and then. Magic doesn't have that liberty because the physical game, and I hope it stays around, is here. So when you compare it to other games, whether it be MOBAs or other card games that are digital, you have balance changes. Things are made stronger, things are made weaker because they can see there's problems in the meta game. Magic doesn't have that balance changing outside of two ways. One is bans, or two is printing more cards that fix the previous issues, right? And you said about letting issues linger. If we let Oko linger and they put the answer to the Oko in the next set, you've got like three months of Oko lingering, right? right? Is And again, this is kind of devil's advocate, but I'm starting to come down to this way of thinking, and it's horrible to say, getting your deck banned out is horrible, but sitting through a standard or modern or legacy period where things aren't banned and they can't fix it, 
Well, I know it's asking the impossible in some ways because yeah. you, what you're saying is, is well, don't put cards out that are going to need to be banned. Well, I think uh, that's an impossibility no too, right? right? But I think there are ways, well, let me ask you this. How do you negate that? How do you make it so that it is less likely that cards will be released that will need banning? Well, it's what we've already mentioned, the playtesting. Hire more people but for playtesting. But magic is so complicated. It is, and there's so many formats. Yeah, exactly. It's Target like... specific formats, then. I'm going to say standard. I'm going to say modern. And I'm actually going to put my money on modern. I, I think that modern is actually going to outlive Pioneer. And I think that, uh, you need to just accept it and say this is an integral part of our game. Maybe not legacy as much. Yeah, maybe not I mean, commander yeah. even as much. Yeah. Uh, maybe you don't need to have that fine a touch on those formats. But yes, you need to expand and be testing and, you know, maybe not popper. But uh, you do need to have more people working in but there I think, probably. And I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Like playtesting is definitely a way to try and fix this. But I think you're never going to get that perfect situation where you don't have to ban anything. Throwing it out because, to your customers to do the work for you is a bad but that, move. But that happens bad in move. every other competitive game that I can think of where... They're all the, online only. Yeah, the community does the testing because you can't... There's just too much information to, to figure out. And we're talking about games with far less movable pieces than Magic, So right? has Magic Arena led us to this environment where they said, well, we can just do it on Magic Arena and too bad for paper. No, I think it's... Tough the, for paper. I think it's the size of Magic. Also, I guess... Even when Magic was half the size it is now, in terms of yes. like number of game pieces, right? People weren't on the internet going, this is broken, or helping solve formats as quickly together. Sure. Right? Now we have that scenario where the hive mind figures things out, and there's just so many variables. Like, look, Inverter of Truth is now a combo piece in Pioneer. If you right. told me that two years ago, I would have laughed at you. Sure. Lion's Eye Diamonds. People were using those drinks coasters when they first got printed, and sure. now they're integral parts of legacy and vintage combo decks and commander combo decks, right? There's just so many moving parts. I think it's impossible not to break something when you release another 200 moving parts into that environment. Sure. So I'm I'm basically sat here telling you, and I hate to say this out loud, but I'm saying that I guess bannings have their place. I guess you need to reduce or minimize that impact because of the, the atmosphere and the climate that it breeds. What made 2019 different then? If 2019 was the second worst year for bannings, this game's been around over a quarter of a century now. Yep. Over a quarter of a century. What made 2019 different? So, there's, a, there's multiple things. I've definitely got thoughts on this. Yes. The, the, the obvious thing is the things that hyperinflate that number. The the pauper change and the pioneer introduction. A new, a new format got introduced. That's going to cause this sort of thing, right? Okay. So those even are if you ones. take... Even, well, here's the thing. But there's more, but go on. Sure, a new format. Uh, uh, even if you omit the pauper unification bands, which was just three cards, even if you omit the fetchland bands, mm -hmm. I think that the way they handled Pioneer definitely contributed. Sure. But, I mean, is, is was Oko just an omission? Was that just a blip? It's it's hard to say, really, isn't it? Because I think Modern Horizons definitely had a massive impact on this. This yeah. is the first time they put it past standard into Modern, right? And they really went for it. Mm -hmm. Like, some of those cards, even now, the cards that aren't banned are still absurdly powerful. Urza is still something that I, I could see getting banned in a few years' time as more and more artifacts right. come out, right? And, like, things like Plague Engineers and stuff, although not bannable, are just so absurdly powerful. So that Horizons adds to that climate. And then we do see Power Creep in Standard. And more of the Spark. Yeah, and War of the Spark terrible terrible i'm sorry but it was terrible to have those static abilities yeah. on planeswalkers huge mistake to this day i still say that all of them should have been both players if they each stack effect should have affected had both players well should've no stack effects can exist on any permanent right like lands and artifacts and creatures have them but the fact that they were one side but that's a whole discussion shouldn't have had it at all 
Uh, but there you go. And so I think that you can excuse away, well, we introduced a new format. We tried a new system of bannings. Okay, fine. Well, there was this popper unification thing, and that's this weird, weird once-in-a-lifetime thing. Okay, fine. Then you get into the 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 two real offenders, Modern Horizons mm-hmm. and uh, things like War of the Spark, mm-hmm. where then it's called, are we leaning into power creep? Are we pushing I'm a power creep? Are. A and so then it comes down to this maybe not being an issue of bans, but has design philosophy changed where where they're much more interested in power creep? I mean, don't forget, I don't know if for the viewers at home as well, to clarify that, right. they've always said that magic, in standard magic, goes up and down in terms of power level. So right. they had like heights and, and troughs and like Theros, original Theros was a low point, except for like Thoughtseize and, and Elspeth, I guess, and things like that. And obviously, we're on the uptick right now. We're right. really on the uptick. Ixalom was like a, a lower point. Again, we're on the uptick with War and Throne and stuff. Right. But I feel like we're getting to silly heights with some of this stuff because, like, like Underworld Breach and Thassa's Oracle, this is the fresh stuff right now. It's just absurd when you look at what they do. And part of me does think that it is a different design philosophy. Back to the original point that we started with, they aren't planning to print something that fixes Underworld Breach in the next. Maybe Rest in Peace shows up on Ikoria. Right. But that doesn't help fix it in other older formats. It's weird that they say that they don't test or build for other formats. But they keep pushing cards that are so pushed that they dominate everything. Including right. when, when, when Oko starts showing up in your blue-red deck in Legacy and Vintage, yes. then you know they have pushed that card. The, 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 for those who don't know, uh, the Eternal Weekend last year was won by someone Okoing their own Black Lotus and attacking for three and killing it's their insane. opponent. Yeah, absolutely insane. So it does suggest that the power creep is at an all-time high. Right. We've never had that level of impact since perhaps Innistrad block, and Innistrad block wasn't even this warping to No, not at all. I had Delva and Thalia and all this sort of stuff and didn't do the craziness that like, Throne and War But done. you know what Innistrad block had that that uh, we haven't had in, in these sets? Richard Garfield. Huh. Oh, I guess Dominaria had Richard Garfield, right? And that's well, Dominaria's... Like uh, I know, but I'm just ancient saying, history no, now. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying that set was also good <laughs> and well received. Set. But yes, nothing got banned. No, although uh, Teferi, I, I feel maybe came a little close. Yeah, Teferi and Chain Teferi was, were, was rough. But, yeah, okay, okay. Teferi was was rough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, question for you then. Yes. Do you think that power creep, to some extent, is necessary? I think you have to be very careful with it. I think that power creep as a way to get. Butts in the seats to standard is a bad idea. Sure. So I think that, let's say hypothetically, let's say a Hasbro executive came in to R&D and he said, I want to sell packs. And so I want you to make a mythic planeswalker that is is a must-have, super pushed. This should be the blowout card of the set. That is exactly what happens every set, Brian. <laughs> like, without, without a doubt. Maybe not a Hasbro exec. I think that's a mistake. Okay. I think that, like, you can play at different power levels and if things are properly balanced and properly developed and proper in terms of mechanics, that you can have a great time. The fact that we've got legacy and popper and modern and standard and cube and 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 popper cube and legacy cube and power cube and all of these things that if it's designed and engineered correctly is still a compelling and addictive gameplay experience. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to be like, oh my God, there's no, there's no Mox Ruby in a, uh, a legacy cube. So therefore, that stinks. And it's like, no, Legacy Cube is great. Well, there's there's no Teferi in a Popper Cube. Well, it's still great because what we're dealing with within this environment is is 
quality gameplay that has been constructed and engineered and designed to work with itself. So I think that when you do have that cigar chomping executive come in and say, planeswalkers, I want planeswalkers, uh, 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 push them, make it so you got to have it, that that's a huge mistake because that isn't what's going to get people in as much, in my opinion. In fact, I would argue that that Oko hurt Magic far more than it got people into Magic. Nobody yeah. was excited to go get Oko. Everyone hated it. And what would get people excited is saying, this is the most fun environment. A multitude of cards working like clockwork with one another in standard, in draft. I think that's an interesting point that Oko yes. probably damaged Magic more than it helped, even though initially it's the idea... It's my firm belief it did. Yeah, yeah, it's my the, firm the, belief it the did. The initial idea is that Oko would sell packs, right? That's, right? that's what it exists for. It's a face card. Seems very they've clear. Even, I think they've said it on record that they meant to put, they pushed its power level because it was a face card. They yeah. didn't to push it so far. Huge mistake. Don't and do that. And then it's probably Huge done mistake. more damage than selling the packs that it was intended to do originally. Right. So it's failed that its objective. Like I believe that power creep in the form of this is also where i believe that other non-standard formats can have a benefit to the larger game just in terms of pack sales mm -hmm. where for example there are ways that you might develop cards that do things in let's say modern mm -hmm. that are needed and therefore a kind of power creep where it's like well you know I, i'm going to use this example but let's make a merfolk that really makes modern merfolk a better overall deck. And so then it's going to be a more played deck. It's going to be something people go out to get. We're going to stick that in standard. Are you not happy with Thassa's Oracle? It's a merfolk. I do it's, not it's, consider Thassa's Oracle a merfolk win. wrecking formats all over it the is, shop. but I don't consider that merfolk. It's I tearing the, command, merfolk. the commander community apart, bro. And that's how powerful it is. The fact Like that a bomb dropped in the middle. It's a coincidence that Thassa's Oracle is a merfolk. It, it really have to is. Do I that. think it's really funny that it's a merfolk. Right. I, but I mean, I, I just have believed for the longest time that strategic reprints in main sets sell packs. I believe masterpieces sell packs. I yeah. believe all of that stuff sells packs. And in I ways that can't don't potentially think... backfire and damage right. you as well. I mean, arguably, Thoughtseize is one of the best examples of this, where it did do a bit of damage because people were fed up with Thoughtseize and upset with Thoughtseize a little bit. Well, they didn't do any playtesting with that, Yeah, apparently. exactly. But I, I, barring know. that example, you're very unlikely to mess things up by strategically reprinting a valuable modern card like Leyline of the Void or Leyline of Sanctity right. into a standard pack than, say, accidentally printing the next uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor Umazawa Shitty right. into a standard Which pack, Which they right? did re reprint the Leylines in a yep. core set, and uh, unless I'm forgetting something, this was not a, a big problem in standard. No, and it also well, it helped because it added it them to Pioneer and things as well. Yeah, yeah, and it was a vital reprint, and that's where I think that the effort should be expended. So I guess to answer your question, I think power creep is a bad thing. I think that I'm much more in favor of power balance, mm -hmm. of mechanical balance, and of looking at in-demand cards for other formats from popper to legacy to modern that can be printed in various ways, whether okay. it's a card like a ley line in a core set that isn't going to impact standard, whether it's a thing like a fetch land as an expedition in a set where then people are going to crack packs to get that expedition. Yeah. Uh, that's really what I think the, the climate should go towards. And I think in many ways, there's a kind of naivete to, this is a face card, make it amazing, make it awesome. That'll sell the packs. And it's like, it sounds like, I don't want to, I know we're getting into territory of possibly starting to talk about maybe where someone's watching this from Watsy and like, geez, that's their decision. But it really feels like something a 10-year-old would be like, yeah, make Optimus Prime the biggest, meanest, he's going to bloat everything up. And, and that there's this idea of like, whoa, 
slow your roll there. How about just make sure the set is really well balanced and that there isn't just one. You talk about the internet. You talk to me about the internet solves decks now. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, are we working to combat that by making it more than just one must chase mythic that then ends up dominating? Maybe that worked really well in the late 90s and the early 2000s, but maybe now because of that, there needs to be a plethora of viable strategies and options that are balanced so that there isn't just you go and and and, and was, simic it. But there was a there was a change, or it felt like there was a change uh, up until very recently, up even through the, the Ravnica sets, where um, the recent Ravnica sets, where mythics weren't the things dominating formats. It was all the right. rares. It felt like right. the power level had been shifted down to the cards that are more easily available. There was the constant clamor for rare wild cards on arena because all the rare lands plus the rares you needed. Right. Mythic wild cards aren't the thing that people needed. Weirdly, though, the last few sets. Things like Okos and like these Titans and stuff that are now extremely Krasis expensive. And, yeah, Crisis, uh, exactly. Crisis is probably the beginning turning point of this again. We're seeing, well, maybe not, because War of the Spark had a lot of power in its rares too. But uh, the point I'm getting at is Mythic was never meant to be meant to be the Chase expensive card. The Bane Slayers and the right, Jaces were right. never meant to happen, but they did. And then I felt like we'd done quite well as a, as a game, by we, I mean Wizards, not me, as a game to get away from Chase Mythics that you have to have. And then in recent times, they start to pop up more and more. And then Oko is just the most extreme example of it. Sure. Maybe that problem comes with the fact that Planeswalkers are an issue because it's just fundamentally how they interact with the game. And once you push a I Mythic agree. and a Planeswalker together to some new height to try Which, and sell back. That's packs. what they are. And that's but, exactly it. Planes, but, I mean, you're going to get me on a whole, whole <laughs> let's thing. Let's not. Let's not. But let's you not. said, all the stuff you said, I definitely agree with. And I think you've got very, very good points. But the, the, the no, this isn't a counterpoint. Either. This is more just like a tangential thing of someone who is absolutely obsessed with the idea of playing Commander and Legacy and Modern and, and Cube. I like powerful magic and pushed cards, so I need them to push stuff so I get more exciting and new things. And I feel like the byproduct of that is going to be some element of power creep. Obviously, you can try and moderate it. But again, you're saying about testing and making balanced environments, and I think there's just too... You just can't... Commander's a joke anyway. Just Not in a bad way, but I mean, you just can't balance it. No, no, mess. and I don't yeah. think you should. But I don't think Commander should be tested for. Exactly, but I mean, when you're throwing these game pieces into pools of 16... How many cards are magic? 16,000? Something, something like that. Yeah, you're just dropping these... Like, these sure. How can you possibly manage that without, unfortunately, well, needing to balance? Well, I mean... I don't know. I feel like if you had a large enough team where people played modern regularly Mm -hmm. and these are former pro players who looked at, you know, and they were competing with each other and they had, uh, you know, inspiration and incentive to compete with each other. And, and that this was their, like perhaps part of their main duty was um, we're going to hire people whose job it is, is to constantly be playing modern. Sure. And then we know a set's coming out three years in advance and we're going to have them take a look at that set. That works for generically over-the-top, powerful, absurd cards like Oko. Because Oko was not... So where was that? Okay, so that is definitely a fix. Right. So Oko is not about synergy. Oko doesn't go, oh, here's these other two or three cards, or combo or synergy. It's good. Oko is just generically absurd, right? When you come to other cards that like, oh, this plus Inverter of Truth means that we now have Splinter Twin and Pioneer, arguably. Right. Those sort of interactions you aren't going to necessarily see unless your teams are huge because you're playing modern regularly against your friend and you're trying it with Oko, you know Oko's too good. But you're playing modern uh, regularly. You're not going into this folder looking for Inverter of Truth or that kind of rare from like Battle for Zendikar. You will miss those interactions that then get hive-minded sure. and, and fixed perhaps, up. perhaps. So I think your testing methodology, methodology or improvements would 
help with generically dumb Bane Slayers and Jaces and Okos. Yes. It wouldn't work with random that, yeah. old combos that are just too good. I don't feel that there's like, oh, and if they just did that, it wouldn't be a problem. But I feel it would mitigate it. Oh, it would help. I, with I, it. I would think it would yeah. help. And I don't damage know. Control. They keep you need to damage stuff, control it. They keep this stuff secret. Maybe, again, someone's watching and screaming at the screen. We have record high of people in R&D. But I just can't help but think as we get more and more products every year, more and more sets, Every one of those commander precons had to be developed by somebody in R&D. Every one of these new, uh, uh, what's this, the shuffle up and play? And jumpstart. Jumpstart. Which is also a mechanic from Ravnica. Right. Not confusing at all. What a, what a name. Uh, that jumpstart, people in R&D Hang had on, to Hang on, is it called jumpstart? It is, yeah, jumpstart. Okay, I'm getting it right. <laughs> uh, people had to design that and sure. balance it and such. And I, I wonder, as we are expanding into more and more R&D development of products and and, and things, did R&D expand to keep up with that? This is... Uh, we this don't is, know. This is but... reminding me of a very scary thought, is that we're talking about how Horizons is the re one of the two reasons for why last year was so bad, right? Right. The first print into non-standard. And then this year, we've got Commander Legends coming, yep. we've got Jumpstart coming, we've got more Commander products coming, we've got... Godmos. I'd be very nervous if I were a Commander player. There's going to be another Horizons or Masters-style set this year. Rosewater said there's very yeah. likely going to be another Horizons. So we're seeing more and more cards printed past standard right. into older formats, which are going to be absurdly powerful, some of these cards, because they're going to be pushed too. So if we've got this issue already, it's just going to get exasperated more and more. So And that sounds very doom and gloom. I didn't, I didn't want it, but, but it's true. Right? How can you be a department where you say, we're going to create a brand new format to encourage our player base to play as a reason for playing our game, for buying our product, and then not say, wow, on a brand new format, we obviously need to hire 20 new people to manage that format. But they didn't. Pioneer was very literally like, we're going to let you guys do our testing for us. Right. They didn't say those words, but that was basically the subtext of their announcements. Here it is. It's going to be played on Modo. The first couple of leagues for the first week will ban this yeah. next time. And how much do you want to bet they had that conversation where they're like, if this works, we can do all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I definitely... God, that is very doom and gloom. Jeez. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, but I mean, we're coming to a, a ban discussion, so we can't be a bit humdrum and doom okay, and gloom. Well, but me, this, year is, this year is scary. This year is going to be very scary. scary. As a legacy player, I am terrified of what Commander Legends is going to give us. When we look at Trune Nemesis, which I think is one of the biggest mistakes they've ever made for Legacy, it wasn't enough to break the format, but it's still bad. That was originally a commander card, right? Yep. But at the same time, Scavenging Ooze, a defining part of Eternal Formats, was also a commander card. So that's the good and the bad. Right. But I am terrified of what those new 71 legends are going to do to, to Legacy. One of them's going to have an ETB that when combined with Caracas is just going to be ridiculous. It's just going to happen. Right. So yeah, I am both, I'm excited and terrified. Is there a word for that in the English language? Excitified. Excitified. I'm excitified. And I'll, Horrified. 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 You're horrified. That, that sounds almost like 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 a an act of defecation. I've just horrified myself. Well, if you want to watch Vince be horrified playing Legacy and other formats, yeah, you play you play Legacy Commander Modern on your streams. Uh, you name it, I play it. Even standard comes up sometimes. Vintage just going up my channel. This you or, have or week both ago. live streams and you have edited gameplay yep. of you playing on yep. like Magic Online and even a little bit of paper. A bit of paper, a bit a little bit of arena here and there. Yep, over on YouTube.com forward slash Pleasant Kenobi and Twitch.tv forward slash Pleasant Kenobi. I'll put the links in the. Also thing follow me on Twitter because I, I I'm very very active on there. I meme a lot and I also let you know when I'm going impromptu live as well on streams. You have a Twitter account. Arinia of Wizards R&D, what are you doing in my office? I'm the white mana guru. Whenever someone loses faith in white, I magically appear. That must keep you pretty busy. Silence! Oh my goodness, you, you exiled Brian. Yep, 
Gonna get a lot of high fives back at the mothership for that.